Hello and welcome to Afternoon Yap. I'm Chuck the Punk and with me today is my co-host and author of the book, Role Playing in the Bedroom, when it's your turn to be Frodo. It's my good pal Tony. Tony, what's up, man? What's crappin'? Um, today's episode, we're going to cover the news of the week, Super Mario RPG for the Super Nintendo, and close with a review of the new fighting game, Injustice 2. Tony, what's crappin' with you, bud? I asked you first, what's crappin' with you? Uh, just keeping it real. Um, it's episode yeah. 32. I didn't think we'd make it this far. 32, big number. I love recording on Fridays. Like, life is so good at this point. We only have 48 more hours until we wake up in 48 more hours and go, oh, damn, damn it. it. The rest of my life, like, yeah. I've got to prepare to work all week. Yeah, but the I next 47 hours are looking great. Yeah, everybody's working for the weekend. It is the weekend, buddy. Mm. Did you have a good week? Uh, it was okay. You, the huge, the usual. It's always the huge, man. Especially when you get to be this age, thirty-five. This is, this is ridiculous. I now, yeah, nothing exciting going on. Now the years just go by like it's nobody's business. I do have an important question for you, Tony. Yeah. What's your deal? About what? what what's your deal? What's, just in general? Well, yeah. What's your deal? Uh, just mostly being really, really good looking. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Looks nine point five. Personality four point five. Uh, that seems a little harsh. Seven. I think you're still mad at me for uh, the frame job skit last last Nobody's week. Water under the bridge, <laughs> you son of a bee. I, so, um, I, I we were talking during the week, and Netflix is a good company that is coming up with a bunch of new shows that we loved in the nineties. Yeah, and I and I was reboots. like, oh man, reboots are the whole thing these days. Do you have some reboots for me? Well, I you you told me about that. I hadn't heard it until I went and looked myself, and I would encourage our six or seven listeners to go and do the same thing. I'm not very good in, at transitions. No, terrible. Or, or at going them. into segments. Yeah, or even giving your co-host <laughs> the heads up that that's where we're headed. But that's fine. I don't give you scripts, man. No, this is on the fly. Yeah. I got the script. Hey, I saw the our. It's a imp- sketch improv comedy show. Is what you're listening to here, folks. So it is. Part scripted, part improv, and all stupid. Yeah, and all yeah, man. <laughs> no, but it's tr- it is true. They are rebooting a lot of those uh, much beloved uh, sitcoms from the 80s, 70s, and eighties and nineties. Um, and there was a lot in there that I actually thought sounded really, really good. I mean, they're short, they're short snippets, so uh, you can't really get too much into the plot. But I wrote down a couple of the ones that I thought sounded pretty good. And let's yeah. hear them. Here you go. You ready? You remember uh, Mork and Mindy? Yeah, Nanu Nanu, and there was uh, uh, what's what's that, that dude's name? Guy that's dead, funny guy. <laughs> dead. Uh, Robin Williams. There you go. Yeah, yeah. That was his first vehicle, right? That, that's right. I think it was. Uh, but check this out. It's a kind of like a darker, gritty reboot of these these uh sitcoms. So check this out. In the dark, psychological thriller, the life of one young girl hangs in the balance. After a dangerously unstable alien menace masquerading as a human crash lands his egg-shaped spacecraft in Boulder, Colorado. Exiled from the distant planet of Orc, the creature marks her as the unwitting subject of its psychotic scientific obsession. Coming to you in this fall on Netflix, Mork and Mindy, Nanu Nanu. Okay, hold on a second. That's the exact same plot of the original 
six seventies show, you just did it in a different voice. Well, what's dark about psych- that? Well, he wasn't psychotic. I mean, he was just kind of goofy. You didn't really just go and look at the Wikipedia, change one word, and print it on. First of all, I didn't do any of this. You <laughs> lunatic! You're psychotic. This is all Netflix. I'm sorry. Doing. Well, Netflix. Yeah, they're maybe getting a little this bit next away. one will hit you a little bit harder in the feels. All right, all right. You ready? Now, this one was Charles in Charge. Remember Charles in Charge? I love Charles in Charge. Do you remember, oh, my God, what was her name? Uh, Nicole Eggert. Yes. She was gorgeous. Are we showing our age here? I was in love with her. Yeah. She had a stream of, like, Corey Haim movies in the 1990s where she never got naked. But I was absolutely in love with her. She was was a Baywatch babe, wasn't she? Yes, she she, she was a Baywatch babe. But her start was Charles in Charge. Charles in Charge. So, and then she had a homely sister, too, and I think that was the whole joke. And then that little Melvin son, or kid. You got it. That's the show. <laughs> um, super fun, super upbeat show. A lot of good feelings. Netflix taking it in a different turn. So check this out. Stan and Jill. Wait, I got to do my voice. Stan and Jill Pembroke lived an idyllic life in a picturesque suburban neighborhood. That is, until the new boy in the neighborhood moves in downstairs to act as a part-time caretaker for the Pembroke's three young children. Over time, the boy becomes increasingly fixated on controlling every aspect of the Pembroke's lives. Now, captives inside their own home, he's in charge of their days, their nights, (laughs) their wrongs, and their rights, unless they can find the courage to fight back. Coming to Netflix this fall, it's Charles in Charge. And you would you would think that that would be a plot more suited for a movie, but no, this is going to be a long-running series. It could be a movie. It could be a series. They were unclear uh, in the synopsis. But, yeah, it could go either way, and I'm excited about it. That is dark. Dark. Totally hey, different take from the original Charles in yeah, Charge. It's not 1986 anymore. Yeah, what, was, what was the was buddy's name? Was it just Buddy? Or? Buddy. It was Buddy. Jesus. Yeah. Short meeting when they were coming up with that show. Yeah. <laughs> we need to think of a name. A name, a name for the buddy. The buddy. You got it. <laughs> Let's go get Chinese. Let's go get buddy. Let's get out of here. <laughs> call it a day. Can we please get that Nicole Eggert girl? <laughs> right. <laughs> Who cares what we call this damn show? Just get that Nicole Eggert. So, yeah, that, I mean, sounds pretty good, right? Yeah, that sounds like that sounds like a slew of those, like, shitty horror movies from 2006 well, It's probably mostly my voice that I'm doing. Yeah, it's yeah. true. I could maybe stop doing that. Uh, but, yeah, there's a couple more if you're still interested. I I, I, I am now. At okay. Mark and Mindy, I wasn't. But right. now you have piqued my interest. You sir. want dark and gritty? Yes. You want uh, grounded in reality? Yes. You remember Family Matters? Uh, Yeah, with um, Did I Do That? Urkel yeah, and the yeah, Winslow yeah. family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, check this one out. When veteran Chicago police detective Carl Winslow is assigned to lead a joint homicide and narcotics team, he soon discovers that his own son, Eddie, and next-door neighbor, Stefan, are the prime suspects in what the media is calling a racially motivated murder oh, of no, an off-duty no. police officer. Oh, no. When his, With his loyalties strained to the breaking point, Carl must make a decision. In his world... Black lives matter. Oh, Jesus. Blue lives matter. But nothing matters more than family. Coming to Netflix Netflix this fall, family matters. Did I do that? (laughs) I'm sorry I interrupted. I really thought that that was the end of it, and it it got better. Yeah, it got so much better, right? Uh, Carl was always a cop because he was the cop in the TV show. He was a cop in Die Hard. And he's a cop in the new Netflix special, Joint Homicide Narcotics Detective. His, and he discovers early on that his own son, Eddie, 
and next door neighbor Stefan. Remember when Steve Urkel he would go into the machine and he'd train he turn into sexy, sexy, Steph- cool Stefan. Stefan yeah, yeah. yeah. So Eddie and Stefan, it sounds like in this new Netflix reboot, are going to be a little bit more uh, dark and gritty than the counterparts from the sitcom that and we it's love. Taken, it's taken a page from that 2005. Uh, racially charged movie I, I can't think of the name right now it actually got turned into a tv series but well, i was just trying to find a way i netflix i think was trying to find a way to work in the blue lives matter yeah and you black got, lives matter you gotta make this stuff but right. only thing one thing matters and that's family matters <laughs> write it let's get pizza <laughs> let's get out of here. no but seriously that synopsis i would watch the hell out of that show it sounds like the wire and Breaking Bad all roiled it rolled up into one ball. With characters we already know and love. With we already attached to them. Somebody needs to make that movie and give me writer's credit. <laughs> all right. And I thought there was one more that looked interesting that right. I thought I would share with you. Remember Doogie Hauser? Yes, yes, yeah. Remember do, that? Do, do, do. Yeah, I love do, Doogie Hauser. Yeah. So listen to this one. It's a little bit of a different slant. He earned a perfect score on the SAT at age of six. Completed high school in nine weeks. Graduated from Princeton at 10, medical school at 13, and at 14 became the youngest licensed doctor in the country. At 15, he murdered his first patient. Yep. One of the dozens of bullies that tortured the young uber nerd with atomic wedgies, noogies, swirlies, wet willies, and Indian burns. Coming to Netflix this fall, the doctor is in, and the prescription is murder. Yeah. It's Doogie Hauser. (laughs) What was the serial killer show? Dexter. Dexter. I was thinking that that would be a great mixture Ky- right? of two shows, Dexter and well, House. Think, well, think that's what I'm. That's what Netflix is thinking. You mix together those two genres combined with characters that we already have a strong attachment to, and you have got a winner on your hands. Throw a 37-year-old Neil Patrick Harris in there. Yes. I love the idea of him As going, his mentor. I love the idea of going, why is he so sick? Why does he have mumps on his chest? Why is he sweating profusely? That's why now I'm going to murder him. <laughs> and that's every week. Right. Well, every week it's like a flashback to when he was giving his head dunked into the toilet and given a swirly and then come rolling in the cart is, is that same kid. And then like he's got to find a creative way to kill him and not get caught. It's a great idea. And like, somebody needs to make these friggin' shows. I like all those programs. I think they sound great. You want to uh, uh, switch to the Yap News Top 10 of the Week, sir? No, I kind of just want to go read all of these again out loud. We can do that if no, you want to. Okay, no, let's go. Number Moving one. On. Number one. New leaks suggest that Call of Duty Modern Warfare Remastered, previously only available with certain Call of Duty Infinite Warfare Special Editions, will be released as a standalone box game for forty bucks, and it's coming out June twenty seventh. We've discussed this before, but I was not aware that the game was going to be forty bucks, which is absolutely ridiculous for a game that is ten years old. I was totally on board for this. I was like, "Oh man, like I'm a year late to the show, but twenty bucks, like I absolutely love Modern Warfare Four. I'll play the campaign. I'll jump into the to the multiplayer, and they are putting out a boxed edition of it, and it is forty bucks. That 40 is bucks. absolutely outrageous. 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 I'm outraged. <laughs> Look at my face right now. Listen was- to my voice. I'm outraged. Man, I mean, they changed my opinion on it so quickly because I just would have assumed that a 10-year-old – and the remaster came out year a year ago with Infinite Warfare, and I, I just would have assumed it would be 20 bucks because I think it was seventy nine ninety nine for, like, the Infinite Warfare with 
uh, Modern Warfare Remastered on it, but nope, it's 40 bucks on its own, so that stinks. Well, what's the deal? I don't know. Uh, it's Activision trying to get m- more money. And, Where do they get off? Uh, uh, Nintendo Switch Update 3.0.0. Among other things, you can now add friends who were previously on your 3DS don't and Wii U friends list. You can now receive notifications when friends come online and, in a weird touch... You can, if your Joy-Cons are detached, you can actually make them vibrate so that you can find them if they are buried throughout the house. So that doesn't sound like something that is going to happen to me, but I assume there's plenty of parents out there that, hey, where's these $70 Joy-Cons at? And all they got to do is press a button and those little things vibrate. Why are your pants vibrating, little Johnny? (laughs) What's going on? That's terrible. But that's the first big major update uh, for the Nintendo Switch since it came out. Those are some cool new features, but nothing too exciting. Okay. Uh, Grand Theft Auto developer Rockstar Games has addressed publisher Take-Two Interactive's decision to shut down GTA modding software Open 4. Uh, Take-Two's actions were not specifically targeting single-player mods. Unfortunately, Open 4 enables recent malicious mods that allow harassment of players and interfere with the GTA online experience for everybody. We're now working to figure out how we can continue to support the creative community without negatively impacting our players. That whole paragraph is absolute bullshit. Okay. So what they are doing is they are shutting down the modding community. So that they can charge people for their own mods? Uh, well not. Yes. I mean, pretty much. So, um, Grand Theft Auto five came out Five years ago, it came out before the, the new consoles. I, I played it on my PS3, and, but it is still doing really, really well um, with their online. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an online system, but I guess it's not really much fun just to jump in and play it as it is. So there's been this whole modding community that has been adding all these free mods for it for the past four years since it launched, making the games more fun for everybody. Now, they are claiming that... I don't want to confuse myself, but they are but they are either claiming that it is affecting the first player, the 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 campaign, or the online. But either way, it is a way for them to shut down the modding community. And what I was getting at was this happened this week, and the Steam reviews for the game flooded. Uh, all these negative reviews. So like people are really really pissed because the only people that are still playing this game are the online community. I mean, I played it I played through the story once and I was done with it. But 5 years later, people are still playing it and they're still playing it because of these mods. Yeah. And they've had it and they've shut it down. So pretty interesting story this week. Mm. Uh a job listing seems to have revealed that Blizzard will remaster two more of its classic games, Warcraft 3 and Diablo 2. Did you did you ever play those games? Uh, I played Warcraft um, before it was like World of yeah. Warcraft, just so, when it was like a real-time strategy game. Yeah, I played Warcraft 3, and I loved it. And yeah. I actually played Diablo 2, and I loved it. I'm very excited for these. I, I think that this it's a perfect time for these games to come out, and uh, I, I don't know how far away they are from being released, but... Um, and they've, they're also remastering uh, StarCraft uh, Two, I believe, which uh-huh. is even better. But these games are going to get remastered, and I imagine that they are going to be on the PC first, which kind of stinks because I'm currently not a PC player. But, hey, you're going to get StarCraft Two remastered, you're going to get WarCraft Three remastered, and you're going to get Diablo Two remastered, which, Boom. Is, which is awesome. Um, when announcing the Xbox One X, 
Microsoft revealed that many games, both upcoming and already released, would all run at 4K. As of the announcement, there are over 60 games confirmed to run at 4K. And now this is 4K, 1080p. Mm. Like, these games look absolutely gorgeous. And I just, I just wrote down a handful of the games that they listed, not all 60. Um, Anthem, Assassin's Creed Origins, Dead Rising 4, Dishonored 2, Doom, Fallout 4, Final Fantasy 15, For Honor, uh, Forza Horizon 3, Forza Motorsport 7, Gears of War 4, Injustice 2, Madden NFL 18, Metro, Middle Earth Shadow of War, Need for Speed Payback, Outlast 2, Resident Evil 7. Are you sure you didn't write them all down? Sea of Thieves, Skyrim, State of Decay 2, The Surge, Titanfall 2, and The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. I bet The Witcher 3 looks absolutely gorgeous running in 4K. Mm. Talk nerdy to me, 60 baby. frames per second. I am so excited to get that TV or get that system, and I don't know when I'm ever going to get that system because I would like to tell you that it was a week ago, uh, sometime last week, where my wife was like, what kind of TV are you looking at? I was like, I want big one, a 70-inch 4K TV with HDR. And I was like, I've been doing my shopping, mm-hmm. a Vizio one. I have plenty of Vizio TVs. They've always been real kind to me. They've never broken it was like they're twelve hundred bucks. She didn't even bat an eye. She went, that doesn't seem too bad. Ooh. She was on board. Uh-huh. Then, then I got a phone call from the adjuster at the good people at Nationwide because my car had been struck. Mm-hmm. And he said, guess what, number one. That's how, that's how he opened the call, actually. He said, guess what, man? Uh, you're not getting that TV. <laughs> he, he, did he say, here's what's up? <laughs> here's what's up, man. Uh, you're not getting that TV, so yeah. piss all of that goodbye. Uh-huh. Uh, your car is destroyed. Mm-hmm. We're going to give you 3600 bucks for it. And I was mm-hmm. like, 3600 bucks. I was like, I've been looking online. The car sells for 5000 He was like, did you miss the part where I said 3600 bucks? Because mm-hmm. that's all you're going to get. And my wife, I'm driving with her to Cleveland last weekend. God bless her. She goes, I was going to let you get that TV. She goes, I can't do it now. We got to buy, we got to spend like $7,000 more on a TV. I was what's, like, what's the was name? Like, what's the name of the guy at Nationwide? Can't say, can't Just say. Say, his first, say his first name. Shine. Shine. You son of a rat. I was on the phone with him twice this week. I was like, man, I had a new TV. Yeah. 4Ks. Yeah. Like, the TV I've had upstairs, I've had for seven years, and it is well past its you know expiration date. I was gonna get this beautiful 4K TV. So like, why get a uh, PlayStation 4 Pro? Why get an Xbox One X if I can't run anything in 4K? If it's just gonna right. be in that blistering, sexy 1080p projection right. television. That and I what have are you upstairs. gonna do? You're gonna go to Best Buy, and then you have to walk it home because you don't have a car. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've got a <laughs> rental. Yeah. Thanks a lot. You Shine. have to take an Uber to, to Best Buy. That was my week. I loved it. He called me. He goes, guess what, man? That TV, gone. $7,000, gone. And I said, wait a second. Your driver that you insured was drunk at 7 in the morning on a Friday, and she demolished my car. And he goes, oh, that's fine. She'll be fine. Yeah, she's okay. She's going to get a ticket, and her insurance will go and up a for a couple of years. brand new car. You're the guy that's screwed. <laughs> you know that TV you wanted? Gone. gone. Happiness, so, gone. So it's just... I, it's tough for me to get excited for these new 4K consoles when I, I'm already behind the eight ball as it is. So I'm sorry, buddy. I'll let you know when I get that new whip, though. Okay. Um, IO Interactive has officially become an independent studio and acquired the rights to a stealth action franchise, Hitman. Studio CEO Hakan Abrak shared the news in a post on IO's official website. 
I am proud to announce today that IOI is now officially an independent studio, he said. We have successfully concluded our negotiations with Square Enix and have agreed to a management buyout. Crucially, we will keep all of the rights to the Hitman IP. So I'm not a big Hitman fan. A lot of people are. There's been several different ones over the past, I don't know, probably 15 years or so. Some movies, too. Yeah, you're right. And then they they just recently started putting out episodic ones that have been getting pretty decent reviews. I've never been a big fan of it, but people love them. But this is actually pretty exciting. So they bought the rights from Square Enix. And the first thing that they did was I think that they released the first chapter for free. So I don't know if you can download it on PC or on uh, Xbox or PS4, but I know that one of the first first one or two chapters of the new Hitman series is free. And that's just like their gift of, hey, we've got this new great IP that is no longer belonging to Square Enix. It's awfully nice of them. Uh, Nintendo. This is a good one. Okay. Nintendo has apologized for ongoing Switch shortages and has promised to increase the volume of shipments to meet demand. In a post on the official Japanese Nintendo website, as translated by Google, the platform holder acknowledged that the Switch has continued to be in short supply since its launch in March. No apology for the uh, NES Classic. Hmm. The, That's still. You're, I mean, you're still smoldering. I am over still this about one. as bitter as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm good. Good on Nintendo. I am happy that they put a console out there that. People want. I mean, they put a console out there that only launched with like. Well, they they put another one out that you wanted. Yeah, and I wasn't able to get it. But you just couldn't get it. Looked all over for it. They didn't apologize to me there. No. Reggie Phil's MA didn't. You know, shoot me a text message and say, "Hey, Chunk. You know, I know that you went to thirty retail stores and all of these. um, What do you you call them? Scalpers bought them all up, and now they're selling them on eBay for four hundred dollars." But he Where's was like, your letter from Hamato Yoshi apologizing to you? I don't have one. You don't have one. So, but I officially got an apology from Reggie, and he was like, look, guys, and how smug is that, too? We're so sorry that we can't meet the demand of our awesome console. Mm-hmm. We promise that we're going to get it out soon. I almost used the F word, and we don't swear on this show. No, we don't. But they have purposely choked supply for their last four con- – uh, I- uh, I know that the Wii was purposely choked, like to create this buzz, to create this demand. The Those the NES Classic was now now obviously the Wii U supply wasn't choked because they put it out there and nobody really wanted it. Mm-hmm. But it rubs me the wrong way. But I, I mean, I'm such a hypocrite because whatever Nintendo, you suck so bad. Oh, is that a Nintendo I'll game? Buy I'll buy you, that. Yeah. Nintendo, is that a console? Sure, you're I'll like, buy you're that. Like a, you're like a battered uh, spouse. Yes, You exactly. just keep coming back for more. Well, I can't wait till they say, hey, here's that Super Nintendo, and I'm going to look you in the eye and say, I'm not going to buy that. Mm-hmm. And then you'll come downstairs, and it won't be on my shelf because they're going to choke the supply for that, too. Mm-hmm. But whatever. Um, I'm okay, not bitter. I'm not bitter. Okay. I'm not bitter, Tony. All right. Uh, ooh, I like this one. I get myself so excited, Tony. Mm. That son of a bitch shine that wants to give me thirty six hundred dollars. Funny mother friend shine <laughs> wants to give me thirty six hundred dollars for a perfectly fine two thousand and three Rav Four. Mm. How am I supposed to replace partially that? Partially, dis- partially destroyed. Partially destroyed. <laughs> they called me and they said, "Sir, that car." I I said to them, um, 
is it safe to drive? And he goes, oh, no, no, it's not no, safe no. to drive. It's not even safe go, to look at. I don't even need it to. I don't need it to look nice. I don't need to open up my trunk. Oh, it I didn't, it didn't look be nice it before off, it was I need to be crashed. able to get it on the highway and get me from A to B. And he goes, oh, oh sir, it didn't look nice before the accident. He goes, Chunk, you're not getting your TV. I was like, number one, <laughs> I didn't tell you my name was Chunk. Right. And number two, I never I never told you anything about a TV. Listen up, Shine. Uh, the original voices of Claire Redfield, Leon Kennedy, and Ada Wong will not be returning for the Resident Evil 2 remake. I am stoked. I completely forgot that they were remaking Resident Evil 2. Uh, Capcom announced it uh, in 2015. So, Do you care about the voice actors, though? No, absolutely not. And this article was funny that I read because the actors were like, we absolutely would have returned. But I guess there's some sort of uh, uh, voice actors strike that's going on right now. And they didn't want to have anything to do with, like, the union or whatever was going on. Mm -hmm. But – Resident Evil 2 is is in there in my top 10, maybe my top 15 games. I absolutely love that game. We will have an episode about Resident Evil 2. No one ever in the history of ever has said, oh, man, the voice acting was really good. Like, that is part of the charm of those original three, four Resident Evil games Mm -hmm. is the B-movie acting script, B-horror movie voice acting. It's terrible, and and the writing is terrible. So it's so funny that, like... They're not going to be coming back, and they're saying, hey, we're sorry. We would love to be back. Whatever. But I'm just – I. they haven't even showed this remake. I'm really hoping – I don't know how it's going to be. I don't know if they're going to use the fixed cameras. I don't know if they're going to use the tank controls. I would love it if they just did that. But it will probably be uh, – I don't know. It will be coming out in a couple of years. But they've been doing some really good treatment with the Resident Evil brand. Uh, Resident Evil 7 came out like six or eight months ago, and it was absolutely excellent. So – I think Capcom is trying to right their ship in terms of like their franchises that they've been really screwing over the past, I don't know, decade now. Um, but I'm excited to see that game. But we, we, I haven't seen any more of it, and I actually forgot it was in existence until I read this article. But nope, those voices aren't coming back. It's just a shame, real shame. Uh, this is a good one. Did I say that? For the last you said six. that a lot about a lot of them, and I'm still waiting. Uh, Sega is bringing a catalog of its classic games to mobile devices via a new service called Sega Forever. <laughs> what? Mobile devices? Who cares? You have a mobile device. True, but I don't play games on it. You will if it's a good Sega game. Uh, the new service will encompass titles from every era of Sega consoles, including Master System, Genesis, Game Gear, Sega Saturn, and Dreamcast. Each game available. Wait a minute. What about Sega CD? I want to play Tunnel Sharks. I think you're right, man. I, I don't see it on there, but I there are a lot of great Sega CD games. I mean, Sonic 4 or Sonic CD, I think, is, is an excellent game. But there's a lot of those old Sega CD games that I would love to see. I Tunnel don't see Sharks. it on this list, but it's probably it says every era. Well, maybe we'll get another. It doesn't say letter. 32X either or the Nomad, but I'm sure that they're going to be picking like some of the best ones out of there well, those sound made up so anyway uh, each game available through sega forever will be free to download and features in-game ads even okay. better hey now i'm interested yeah now you're cooking with gasoline i yeah. don't care i don't care if there's in-game ads i don't care if they interrupt every 10 minutes if the game is free okay uh the the system or the uh the program goes live june 22nd and includes sonic altered beast comic zone kid chameleon and fantasy star 2 altered beast is awesome sonic is awesome comic zone is awesome kid chameleon and fantasy star 2 
they're free. So it doesn't even matter if they aren't even, I mean, those games are considered great Sega games, but I am more excited about the first three. But it's live 622, which that's got to be right now, right? Yeah, it's 623. So I haven't taken a look to see if it's up yet, but um, if it is, that is an awesome service. And last but not least, Tony, yeah, this Steam summer sale has started. It had began yesterday. Tell I wanted me more. to br- I wanted to bring this up because you know all about steam, don't you? It's when you boil hot water, it gets to a certain uh, temperature and it evaporates into like a mist. You know, if for as humid it as it is outside, it's awfully dry in here with your humor. <laughs> uh, no, so Steam, they offer up all of the PC games. I use Steam all the time. Steam Summer Sale, and I think there's a Winter Sale too, are nuts, man. Like, they have these huge, deep discounts on all of these games, but the fundamental problem is is you'll spend 60 bucks and you'll look at your – you'll have this huge back catalog of mm-hmm. games, and you'll go, fudge. Do I want to play every single Assassin's Creed game? No, but they were $4, so I bought all of them up. I actually bought XCOM, XCOM, the oh, one that you XCOM. loved, and I think I bought it for 40 bucks when it was brand new. Enemy and Within or the yeah, newest one? No, it was Enemy Within. Yeah, I like that. And one. I played, you know, I was like, "Oh shoot, 40 bucks for XCOM? This game just came out. It's getting all these rave reviews." Hmm. So I bought it, played like two levels of it, and I was like, I got to move on to the next game that I bought on Steam. Like these Steam summer sales are a huge racket because it, it, you just get tricked into buying all of these video games. Well, you get tricked. I get tricked. Because you're uh, silly. Uh, but that's it. Uh, sh- I don't know how long the Steam summer sale, but there's all the, – like if, even if you have Steam, you're going to be getting – if you have Steam, you are aware of what's up because they send you emails on the games that you have favorited. Um, you are constantly watching it because the discounts are so good. It's crazy. They'll say, do you want every game from this publisher? Here's It's for $200. You can have the greatest Bethesda hits, and you'll get like every single uh, – uh, Elder Scrolls game, but mm-hmm. like I said, I stopped playing PC a couple years ago because I'm a snob. Mm-hmm. Uh, you want to take a quick break? I do. All right, we'll be right back. Tony? Yeah. Can I set a scene for you, bud? Please. Let me set the scene for you. Please. It's high school, freshman mm-hmm. year, first mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Betty Child sits in front of you every day. Mm-hmm. You think to yourself, boy, she looks awfully pretty today. Yeah. I wonder if she has a date to the sock cop. Yeah. And next thing you know, broing. Oh my God! Not is that a, a telephone. Band. No, uh, it is a situation that happens to you when you are an adolescent uh-huh. in your trousers. In my trousers. Uh, the product in question, uh-huh. the product that we are talking about, Boner Boxers, is a new product by Moral Applications that'll help young boys get through a troublesome time in their life. So, oh no, we don't curse, but we do say boner. Boner. Okay. That's what it is. Okay. That is the scientific medical That's term for medical the condition. Term. Right. What are you going to do now? Little chunk, is it full of tension and the bell is about to ring? You don't mm-hmm. want to walk w- through the hallway like this. Mm-hmm. The boxer tuck. Boy, that's like so 2000 and late. But you're in luck because you're wearing boner boxers. Boner boxers are made from space age Kevlar. So not only do they keep the man down, so to speak. <laughs> space age Kevlar, okay. But they're comfortable as well. Tony, uh, yeah. $9.99 a pair. Yeah, Kevlar underwear does sound comfortable. $100 for a Baker dozen. Not only is it perfect for <laughs> unplanned accidents, Tony, but right. Tony, yeah. you can wear them when they're planned. <laughs> why, why would Tony, you do that? This isn't, only, this isn't only for little kids whenever <laughs> they're in a, in a, you know, in a situation. You know? Right. I, just, I can remember being in high school. <laughs> 
I would sit down. Mm-hmm. I would be like, oh, man, my hormones are going absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. Tony Childs is – or Tony Childs. <laughs> Betty Childs, Wait, Betty Childs is sitting in front of me. She's looking awfully pretty. I wonder if she's got a dance. I wonder if she's got a dance partner. I wonder if she's got a date. <laughs> then it just happens. Uh-huh. Nature, nature finds a way. <laughs> And I'm sitting there and I'm going, oh, my God, you know, I've got five minutes to kill. I've got to get this puppy down. I can only think of so many video games, Castlevania, Mario 64. Mm-hmm. Tony, th- this is an invention for everybody. You can wear them when you're stuck in class. Well, not for everybody. You can wear uh, – a kid can wear them <laughs> if he's got to go to the local sock cop and he's got to dance close to his mm-hmm. girl. He doesn't want to have this just pop up and say hello while they're having Mm-mm. a nice romantic dance. Mm-mm. Tony – Society can't be mad at you, can they? I, I mean, I'm wearing one right now. <laughs> I feel really, feel really uncomfortable. You don't have a problem with it, do you? I, if you're comfortable wearing Kevlar underwear, I, I'm comfortable. And now that we're talking about it, But I have a feeling it, Tony, since I'm not wearing Kevlar un- com- underwear, I might be more comfortable than I'm you. I'm wearing them right now, and now that we're talking about it, boy, you can really fill out a nice <laughs> polo shirt. Sure can, buddy. You don't think this is a great product? You've never had this problem? Was it just me and, like, all of these other little kids? We're talking about Kevlar underwear. Mm-hmm. $9.99 a pop. Mm-hmm. No longer does they have to face the – they wake – they would get up and go into the classroom. They go out into the hallway and everybody, mm-hmm. ha, 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 ha. Yeah. Look at you. Uh-huh. You're at full mass. This is ridiculous. Betty Childs is never going to go out with you on a date. No. After you show up in the hallway, you don't want to tuck it up into your boxers. That's absolutely ridiculous. That's Mm-mm. what they were doing in the 50s. Mm-mm. $9.99 a pop, $100 for a Baker dozen. Uh, boner boxers. Moral get them implications. implications. Does it again. They, they do it again. <laughs> they <did> it again. <laughs> I'm wearing them right now. I've got a couple extra pairs if you want to wear them. <laughs> our wives will never know. Tony, our family will never know. I hope not. Little kids will never know. Our good we, grief, I hope we not. We can always be at full attention at any time. <laughs> just walking around. Work, just walking around. Yeah. Does sound nice. No one is <laughs> the wiser. <laughs> okay. Moral I'm implications. In. I'm in. Dot com. Order them now. They order, did it, they order, did it bake, again. order a baker's dozen. <laughs> All right. They feel pretty good, too. I believe you. We'll be right back. Okay. Hello, and welcome back to Afternoon Yap. Tony, I want to talk to you about maybe one of my favorite Super Nintendo games of all time. Okay. Uh, Super Mario RPG. Ooh. Developed by Squaresoft, published by Nintendo. I just realized this game was released on May 13, 1996. My birthday is... May 14th, and I totally remember when this game came out. Um, I, I don't remember if I saw it in a magazine, but I definitely saw it at Kmart, and I was like, oh, it's my birthday. Like, I need a new video game. We're going into the summer doldrums. The game was $79.99 at my local really? Kmart. $79.99. This was back when, like, the like carts would go up to $69.99, but this one was $79.99. So... It all started with Shigeru Miyamoto. They had had great success with the Mario franchise. You know, he'd been in a karting game. He had been in jumping games. All kinds of different. He'd been in every genre at this point. Yeah. And he wanted to be a part of the RPG world. Mm-hmm. And so Square Enix, or Squaresoft at the time, they are Square Enix now, but Squaresoft at the time approached them and they said, hey, what about if Mario were to have his own RPG adventure? They showed him a picture of Mario on mm-hmm. a steed mm-hmm. with a sword. It's Shigeru Miyamoto. I know what he said. I know what he said. I know what he said. What did he say? He said, hey. No. 
Oh. He said, I like it, but something is off. Mm-hmm. But he said, I want to get, I want to be a part of this. So um, you struck a deal. Perfectly they began working on the English. game in 1995. Um, I guess that the, the offices of Squaresoft and Nintendo in Japan were fairly close together. And so they would regularly meet to bounce ideas back off each other. The game first started off as many other, uh, looking like a lot of other Squaresoft games did. So if you think of think of Chrono Trigger, uh, Chrono Trigger does not. I'm gonna, look, need, to, I'm gonna need to get those Kevlar underpants yeah, if exactly. I start thinking about Chrono Trigger. Chrono Trigger doesn't have that Super Mario RPG look. Super Mario RPG has this isometric, almost uh, the graphics are. Um, they almost look like something that you would find in um, Donkey Kong Country. And so they, when they were starting the first prototype, it, it basically looked like the Mario from Super Mario World um, in Chrono Trigger. Mm-hmm. And Squaresoft at, the po- at this time was like, it's 1995, you know, we're at the tail end of the Super Nintendo life. They wanted to push the limits of what they could do with the technology. And Shigeru Miyamoto said, hey... Hi- we have this chip that we can put on the game that'll allow better graphics, uh, digitized uh, artwork, or digitized graphics, I think, and it'll allow more characters on screen, on screen, much like the way that Donkey Kong Country did. And so that's how we got this look that Super Mario RPG has now, which I absolutely love. I mean, it holds up so well. It looks like it looks like kind of like Donkey Kong Country meets an RPG game just with these fantastic it just it translates so well mm-hmm. and um the game was released may 13 1996 i got it for my birthday one of my first memories i have was is i it was me and my buddy and we went to my parents house at the lake and i brought my super nintendo with me and i plugged this game in this was my first rpg game that i had that i think that i had ever played i mean i'd played them before but this was the first one that was like holy smokes like this genre is awesome like and i was just hooked on it and i just remember my buddy being so mad he's like dude turn it off come on you've been playing it for four hours i think it only i think it took me about two weeks to play i've played through this game three times now it is up there in one of my favorite rpgs of all time it's oh, somewhere yeah. somewhere in my top 10 of my favorite rpg games of all time Tony, I don't know how to break this news to you. Okay. We're going to go through the whole gosh darn story. <laughs> Color me surprised and <laughs> so, shocked. So that's what we do here on the Yap. Yeah. Uh, what are your memories? We take something fun and we, and we just, just ruin beat it, it to death. Beat it to death. Yeah. But we'll keep it short. We'll keep it sweet. Okay. What are your memories of Super Mario uh, RPG? I'm you know, sorry I went off on a tangent there. No. That is just my love for this game. Well, that's just what you do. Um, I, I don't have – my memory is – being I think probably at a blockbuster. Yeah. Um walking through the aisles thinking, ah, played it, played it, played it, looks dumb, looks dumb. You rented played this it, game? Played it, played it, and found this one yeah. and rented it. Yeah. And thinking, you know, I don't know a lot of I don't at that time I probably was like ro- our role playing game, that's something that the nerds play. Yeah. I'm really good looking. I'm really cool. I've got a lot of friends. I'm not gonna waste my time with this, but there's nothing else to play. So I rented it and was like you just blown away it was the most fun game that i'd ever played the game the game ended up not selling as well as it should have because this game was four months away from the release of the nintendo 64 and it was 80 bucks yeah and it was 80 dollars. so um but it is still up there with one of my favorite mario game. my favorite mario game is still mario 64 but this game is very close 
Um, the game starts with a prologue. Cut, it starts with an awesome cutscene. Princess Toadstool, she's sitting there. She's just hanging out. Guess who kidnaps her? Bowser. Bowser takes him away to Bowser's castle. And on the way there, um, a giant uh, – okay, so I'm already getting way ahead of myself. So <laughs> Mario heads to Bowser's castle and confronts him. And um, after he defeats Bowser, this giant sword crashes into the castle, destroying Star Road along the way. So do you remember what Star Road is? Uh, Star, Star Road, Road is in a lot of the Mario games. I think it actually is I think it the, Rainbow Road or Star Road. Uh, is it is Rainbow Star Road? Road Rainbow? Is a, Rainbow Road is a track from Mario. That's Kart. what I'm thinking. Of. Star Road is there. It's actually a group of levels from Super Mario World on Super Nintendo. Okay. The crash sends Mario, Bowser, and Toadstool in three different directions. Uh, Mario head, heads back to the castle, and um, he can't get in. And he meets this guy named Exor, and he says, Hey, um, I'm part of the Smithy Gang, and I am, I am here to – the Smithy Gang are here to take over the world. You're screwed. So Mario's like, well, this is bad news. And um, he's got to head back to the Mushroom Kingdom. So this is when the beginning of the game starts. So World 1, Mushroom Kingdom. Uh, Mario goes home, and you see Mario's uh, cool little home. He's got a bed. He's got a telephone. He's got all these games that he can play with. Mm -hmm. uh, he goes home. He meets Toad, and Toad gets kidnapped. Of course. Uh, after he rescues Toad, they head to Mushroom Kingdom to inform the Chancellor that Toadstool has been kidnapped. There he meets Malo, a frog from Tadpole Island. Uh, do you remember Malo? Yeah, but he wasn't a frog right he, he wasn't he, he a marshmallow or a cloud or something he is a white fluffy funny dude and yeah. he, he keeps on calling himself a frog from tadpole island and you're looking at this guy going well you aren't a, a frog from tadpole island but the mystery will continue Ooh. um so he has a coin that's missing and it's stolen from an, an animal nearby named croc uh they go in search of it uh when they come back mushroom kingdom is overrun by monsters uh, one of the first bosses that you run into is they head into the castle and they fight Mac. So Mac is this giant sword-like member of the Smithy Gang. Yeah. And when he is defeated, you get your first star. Yeah. We're starting to learn a little bit more of the story. We're, yeah. we're running into the Smithy Gang. We're going to be getting the seven stars. Um, on to level two. World two, Pond to Pipes. So Mario and Mallow head to Tadpole Pond. On their way, they head through Kiro Sewers and encounter Bellamy, a giant dog-like enemy. After Bellamy is defeated, the sewers are filled with water, and Mario is flushed down the Midas River. At Tadpole, at Tadpole, at Tadpole Pond, they meet Frog Fucius, who is Mallow's grandpa, and they learn his true story. He was found floating in the river as a baby and is not really a frog. Oh, that's a surprise. 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 He tells Mallow to stick with Mario and find his true home. How would you like to be on that adventure where you're taking this guy, you, you find out his origin, and, mm -hmm. and Frog Fuchs just says, hey, stick with that guy. And you're like, I, I can't feed this guy. What are you talking about? Well, yeah, or, or you're, you're poor Mallow, and you just crawl. You've just been in like a, a fight for your life. You crawl out of the sewer with a complete stranger. And your dad's like, hey, just go with that guy. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. It's fine. This it's fine. guy? It's fine. The guy with the stash? Son, just go. It's fine. It's so fine. Mario and Mallow then head to Rosetown. Bowser is there, and it's awesome. So, like, you – throughout this, throughout the game, you run into Bowser a couple of times. The first time you run into Bowser, 
he doesn't see you and he's there with a whole bunch of his minions and he's obviously planning how the hell am I going to get back into my castle um, so the game has it, it doesn't have cutscenes but what it does have is they take the characters they have great facial animations and they have excellent dialogue throughout the game and they tell these little stories so even though you don't run into Bowser you can see that he has his group of minions with him he's trying to get back into Bowser's keep and he's got his own plan of his own so Mario heads in mm -hmm. As Mario arrives, uh, the town is under attack. There's these paralyzing arrows that are being shot from a nearby forest. So Mario and Mallow seek shelter at a local inn. There, Mario meets and plays with the innkeeper's son named Gaz. Uh, Gaz brings out his favorite doll, Gino. Mm -hmm. um, during the night, a star possesses the doll, Gino, and Gino walks to the nearby forest that's firing the arrow. So they're doing a great job of... of introducing all of these great characters that they have into this game this is the next one so the gino and malo are obviously not mario characters yeah. but they might as well be the, the way that they are treated in this game yeah um so mario and malo follow gino's path into the forest and meet bowyer a bow-like creature that's been firing the area that's been firing the arrows bowyer holds a star piece here we learn that without the star road wishes are no longer granted Gino joins the gang and they fight Bowyer to get the star piece back. Boom. We're at world we're, we're at world 3 Mole Mountains. Here Mario and the gang head to Moleville. Bowser is there again. This time he's hanging out Bowser, but this time you see that he is with a ton less of his minions. So mm -hmm. something something is happening here where he's on a mission to reclaim Bowser's keep and a lot of his dudes are defecting. It's not going well. It's not going well for Bowser. So the people there at Moleville are upset because Dinah and Might, a lot of great puns in this game, mm -hmm. Dinah and Might, these are little mole people, yeah. are lost. Uh, Mario heads into the mines and battles Croco again. Deeper inside the mines, Mario meets the insane villain of Punchinello. Uh -huh. Mario and the gang defeat him and get the third star piece. They also save Dinah and Might, and they exit the mines through the minecart track. Another it's, thing that I absolutely love about this game is, do you remember all the uh, mini games that are in it? I remember some of the mini games that are in it. Uh, a lot of them uses that. The this one especially uses that kind of mode seven, that cool like. I, I, I can't describe it, but there's an excellent minecart mini game of you trying to get out of Moleville that uses the Mode 7 graphics. Um, uh, Princess Toadstool. Uh, so do you remember how I said at the beginning of the story that all three of the characters went in different directions? Mm -hmm. Princess Toadstool lands at Booster Tower and is held prisoner by Booster, who mm -hmm. wants to marry her. Mm -hmm. Booster looks like this crazy... Um, uh, Viking dude, mm -hmm. big mustache, Viking hat. Uh, Mario and the gang arrive at Booster Tower. At this point, the gang is just Mario, Mallow, and Gino. And Gino. Yes. And now they're looking for Princess, Princess Toast to try to save her. Mario and the gang arrive at Booster Tower and find Bowser, who this time is all alone. So, like I said, in the first couple of levels, first you see Bowser with a bunch of his minions. Second time you see him, a bunch of them are defected. Now Bowser is on his own. Uh, so this time Bowser joins the gang and he destroys the tower's front door. Uh, Mario and the gang ascend the tower and get to booster room where Toadstool is being held captive. Uh, do you remember the mini game that happens in this part of the game? So like, I feel like you're going to tell me, well, booster is, he's looking for like his, his Mario doll and there's all these changing rooms. And so you have to, 
you have to uh, run from changing room to changing room and these uh, I forget what the the monsters call they're opening the doors and if they catch you you're caught and you have to restart it over but it's like this really funny changing room mini game um, uh, there you fight both uh, after the mini game you fight boosters minions knife guy and crate guy and then there is another mini game where you are chasing booster up a hill and booster is throwing barrels down at you okay and you got to jump over the barrels okay um, so booster is on his way to uh, marry more because he is going to marry Princess Toadstool. Mario's not having Man. that. He loves Princess Toadstool. Mario crashes the wedding of Booster and Peach. Uh, Mario fights the chef and his apprentice, and their wedding cake comes alive and fights too. Oh, is is wow. any of this ringing a bell? I, a lot of it's ringing a bell, yeah. <laughs> Nothing you want to contribute, or am I, I just well, talking? I, I don't know what I'm supposed to contribute. I'm just <laughs> you're just kind of telling a story, and I'm. I love I love this story. Uh, so they they save Toadstool, okay, and they head back to Mushroom Kingdom, and Toadstool joins the gang. Uh, Mario then speaks to Frog Fucius, who tells him to head to Star Hill. This is this is one of the. <laughs> Oh, hey, hey now. <laughs> is everything all right? No, I'm, I'm sick because your children <laughs> got my wife sick, oh, and perfect. I've been sick for about three weeks now. Perfect. He finds the fourth star there unguarded mm-hmm. at, at, uh, at what, Star Hill. You keep saying Princess Toadstool. Are we talking about Princess Peach or Princess Toadstool? It's, it's the same person. Like she's Princess had, Peach is Princess Toadstool? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I think her first name is... I don't know if her first, if Princess. I don't know if her name is somebody email us or somebody shoot me a text message. I don't know if it's just Peach Toadstool, or but Princess Peach sounds like it. But it's Princess Toadstool in this. Okay, and she's Peach in Mario sixty four too because I remember she reads that letter and she goes Peach, hmm. but she's definitely Toadstool in asking this. the is, asking the questions. She that is need to Toadstool be in this. Okay, so he just. He heads to Star Hill where he finds the fourth star there unguarded. And They've so at had, this point we've got. Four Five stars. people on the team? Yes. So we've got Mario, Mallow, Gino, Bowser, and Princess Peach Toad slash Toadstool. And you can pick up to three members of your team. Yes, correct. And and it works like any other RPG does. So Mario is obviously the balanced guy. His attack points are kind of uh, comparable to his magic. I think Ma- Mallow is more magic and not as much might. I'm pretty sure Gino is all magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bowser is all strength. Yeah. Um, and Toadstool is all magic too, isn't she? Would seem about right. A lot right. of different characters. I can't remember the gang that I used to run around with when I play this game. I think oh, it was it's Gino. Be Gino. He's so cool. I think it was game. Gino. I think it was Mario. And then I think it was Bowser, actually. Bowser. Um, and one of the fundamental things that I absolutely love about this game is it is a Mario game that is – it is an RPG game, just like it is called. So you go to different towns and you collect coins along the way, and you buy different outfits, different clothes for your characters to, that have different abilities for mm-hmm. them. You can buy like pins that have also different abilities for them. You pick potions. up potions. Potions. You pick up different weapons along the time, and the battle system is excellent. So it is. It very much started this. Um, it didn't start it, but it very much perfected the. So you have three, three on a t- uh, three on your team, and as you're attacking, you it's like a button press thing yeah. where you press A as you're attacking, and you will hit them a little bit more. And as the opponents are attacking you, you hit B, and you'll deflect a little bit more. But yeah. 
one of the things that sucked me in about this game, one of the things that sucks me in about RPG games is just kind of that carrot that's on a string where as you're leveling up, you can get more coins, you can get more gear, you can get better gear for your party, you can level up your party. Mm -hmm. And then as you level up your characters, as you're defeating more enemies at more bosses, you get more XP. Mm -hmm. And every single time that you level up a character, you get a choice between getting more HP, getting more magic, or I think that the next one is like a luck of the draw or something like that. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's very much that carrot on a string that yeah. I absolutely love. You're always waiting our, to see, like, all right, if I get that next level up or I get that next piece of equipment, how much more damage am I going to do the next time I jump on somebody's head? Yeah, and it, when I was playing this game this week, so I have started this game 25 times. I've beat it three times. Um, I, I remembered right from the beginning that it is ve- it's – it's not a grind because the battle system is really fun. It's really snappy. It's really, really easy to use. Hmm. But um, you are going to want to level up because th- the bosses, they hold they pull no punches. Hmm. And, like, I barely beat the first couple of bosses because I was just jumping past these enemies instead of leveling up like I should have. So they have Toadstool. Uh, they speak to Frog Fuchsius. They get the fourth star. Uh, World 4, Seaside. The next stop for Mario was Seaside Town. Um, so I love this part of the story. An elder tells him that he saw a star fall into the sea. So Mario heads underwater, and eventually he finds this sunken ship. Uh, he encounters King Calamari, which is this huge squid monster, and he battles him. And after the battle, he heads lower into the ship, and he meets this dude named Jonathan Jones. And Jonathan Jones is the captain of the ship, and he is this awesome-looking shark. And I, I guess he's comes from davy jones am i correct here davy jones's locker yes yes so he meets jonathan jones the owner of the ship and mario and jonathan fight and then mario gets the fifth star piece so at first mario and jonathan jones don't see eye to eye because jonathan jones is like hey man this is my star piece and mario was like i need those star pieces in order to build star road in order for um, bring the wishes you know, back yeah we need to be able to bring the wishes back right. and jonathan jones goes you know not not on my clam or whatever uh, Jonathan Jones would say. At that not point. on my clam sounds yeah, about right. So, uh, so Mario has the star piece. He heads back to Seaside Town, and the town elder has been playing a little bit of a trick on him. Uh-oh. The town elder is actually this enemy that is part of the Smithy Gang called Yerdovic, who's been dressed up as the town elder. He dressed up like that, and he convinced the whole town to dress up as – uh, the the members of Seaside Town or whatever this place is called, just so they could trick Mario into going into the ocean and getting that star and bringing it back to Yardovic. Wow. Pretty deep stuff for a Mario Super game. Super deep. Got tricked by old Yardovic. Old Yardovic. Yardovic threatens torture to the entire town, so Mario goes, Wait, well, but isn't the entire town his people dressed up like the townspeople? No, I think they were under some sort of spell. Okay. So, uh, so Mario hands over the star piece. Yardovic takes Good guy off. Mario. Yardovic takes off, and he's heading towards this airship called Blade, but he's late. And he runs into this dead-end cliff, and he can't go any farther. So, but just then, uh, Jonathan Jones jumps out of the sea, preventing his escape. Mario and the gang then fight Yardovic again and regain the fifth star piece. We're up to five star pieces, Tony. Wow. We'll How many star pieces are there? Seven. Okay. Almost there. World 5, Land's hang on, End. Hang, hang on, everybody. We're almost there. Land's End. I told you we were going to go through this. <laughs> I didn't want to see any eye rolling. Nope. I didn't want to see any finger rolling. Mm-mm. I, I don't wanted know what to that just means. tell you the story of Super Mario Yours, I'm RPG. sucked in. I want you to be enthralled. I am. I want, I want me to be enthralled. You are? 
Land's End, World 5. Okay. Searching for the six-star piece, the gang head to Land's End. Isn't Land's End a nice place where they can get a, ca- a calendar? A vest. And, and a nice vest. Yeah, down. Not that Land's End. Okay. After climbing a mountain, going through the desert, they can go no further as a cliff blocks their path. So instead, they head underground to Bellamy's temple. Bellamy again. Here Bill they Bellamy? find Bellamy again. Not Bill Bellamy. Oh. Bellamy is this dog monster creature that you – this is the second time you run into that him. That sounds like Bill Bellamy. You defeat him again, and they head to Monstro Town. In Monstro Town, they meet Monstro Mama. <laughs> Monstro Mama – who calls Sergeant Flutter and his Sky Troopers to help him reach Bean Valley. There they meet Mega Smilax, a great piranha plant that they have to defeat in order to climb the vine. Naturally. In order to ascend to the clouds and get to Nimbus Land. Nimbus Land, World 6. Man, we're there already. Let's so go. as soon as you get there, you're in this world in the clouds. Yeah. And all of the people look like Mallow. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking to yourself. Maybe he's not a tadpole. Mallow, I thought you said you were a tadpole, you SOB. And Mallow says, well, that's, you know, that's all I've ever known. That's what my grandpa, Frog Fuchsius, who I guess isn't my grandpa anymore, yeah. that's what he told me ever since I was a little tadpole. Right. But you're going, but this doesn't add up. All these people look like you. Mm-hmm. So when the gang arrives at Nimbus Land, they meet two new characters. They meet Valentina, which is a evil-looking lady, and she's giving a speech to her fellow Nimbus people. Okay. Uh, she says that King Nimbus is ill and cannot do business. She also introduces the giant bird Dodo mm-hmm. and claims that he is the prince and that they are to be married, thus making her the queen of Nimbus. A lot of marriage subplots in this one. I mean, Everybody's trying to get married. Mario story. I'm trying to like paraphrase this shit. Yeah. But this is a big epic adventure. I think that this game probably took me probably 30 hours to beat the first time, maybe. Probably. I can't remember. How uh, come when I get excited, like my voice goes up. Uh, so Mallow doesn't realize it at first. We all do. Mallow doesn't realize it, that he is the actual prince. And he meets Garo, a sculptor of the royal family, who tells him. And Garo says, hey, you're the prince, and I'm the sculptor. Mm-hmm. I got a plan, though. Mm-hmm. We're going we're gonna to cover Mario in solid gold, mm-hmm. and we're going to bring him into the castle disguised mm-hmm. as a statue. Makes and sense. they're like, oh, man, that's a great plan. That's a classic... Uh, uh, that's a classic, classic uh, statue plan. Classic statue plan, but it was a the royal what the horse the switcheroo. The, the, the horse Trojan horse. The Trojan horse. There plan. you go. He takes Mario inside Nimbus Castle along with other statues for Valentina. Uh, Mario takes off his disguise once inside the castle and fights his way through. Deep inside the castle, he meets Shelley who turns out to be a Birdo, who is also working for Valentino. Okay. Uh, Mario defeats Birdo and heads back to Nimbus Plaza, where he confronts Birdo and Valentina. Okay. After Mario defeats them, Mallow is reunited with his parents. Thank God! Looks just like him. Talks just like him. sixth star they piece. They look like clouds just like him. Uh, he's reunited with his parents. The king and queen tell the gang to head to Barrel Volcano, for the six star piece. Okay. So what do you there. think that they do? They're on top of a big cloud. They see the volcano down. They just throw themselves off the cloud. Yeah. Well, they're I mean, pretty good at jumping. That's yeah, I know Mario's great at jumping, but that seems really really dangerous to me. Well. So Mario crew drop out of the clouds and right into the volcano. There they fight the Zar Dragon, the guardian of the six star piece. After they beat him, it resurrects himself and they fight its new form, the Zombone. After the Zombone is defeated, Mario reaches for the star piece and it is snatched up by the Axum Rangers. God damn it! 
The Axum Rangers, five members of the Smithy crew, run through Barrel Volcano and jump onto Blade. Here they fight the Axum Rangers. The Axum Rangers, they're literally like five different colored little ranger dudes that are like totally stolen from the Power Rangers. Uh-huh. Good, ba- good boss fight. But they, they're fighting on Blade, the Smithy Gang's airship. On Blade, Mario and crew defeat the Axum Rangers, destroy the ship's breaker beam, and collect the six star piece. All right. We're down to one more. One, one more. more star piece. Almost there, guys. World 7, Factory. The gang meet King and Queen Nimbus again, who give them access to the royal bus. Uh-huh. This takes them back to Bowser's Jeep, which was previously Bowser's Jeep. This takes them back to Bowser's Keep. Keep, not his not Jeep. His Jeep. <laughs> what a game that would be. That would be fun. Uh, which was previously That's inaccessible like due to the bridge being crossover out. Crossover into uh, the driving game. Mario All Kart. members of the Koopa Troopa are now brainwashed. And members of the Smithy Gang. Mario then reaches a room with six doors of which he has to clear four. So this is the part of the game where it's kind of arbitrary. They do this in a lot of the Nintendo games. They're looking for a filler. They, you're near the end of the game. They've got to throw some trials at you. It kind of just stretches out the game. But you have to clear four of the six doors. Two are fighting areas. Two are action courses and two are puzzle courses. Once the areas are cleared, Mario fights a brainwashed Koopa. After he defeats the Koopa, he heads back to the final room of the keep again and back atop the chandelier that he fought Bowser at the beginning of the game. Here he fights the Smithy Gang swordsman Boomer. Mm. After, sword, after Boomer is defeated, the chandelier rises to the top of the keep and Mario fights Exor, the sword that we met at the beginning that was like, hey, you can't come inside of the keep. I'm Exor. I'm a member of the Smithy Gang. I'm going to screw everything up. Right. When Exor is defeated, he opens his mouth and sucks in the gang, which acts like a portal and takes them to the Smithy dimension. We're oh. now at the last level. There they're brought to Smithy's factory. Here they, feast the mach- Here they face the machine maids. Get it? A lot of puns in this game. Machine Not really. maids. Oh, like, like machine a maid, maid. Or machine maid. And they're carbon copies of bosses that you fought throughout the whole game. So, I mean, it's it's kind Made of a cool machines. idea. I like the name, but they're just basically recycling old bosses that you fought earlier in the game. And they're just coloring them gray and saying, here, here's the machine maids. Gotcha. You have to fight Mac, Bowyer, Yardovic, and the Axum Rangers, which are produced here in the factory en masse. There's tons of them everywhere. And you got to constantly fight boss after boss after boss. Okay. Also, they encounter Countdown and the Dingling's boss as well. Countdown is this big clock, and Dingling, I can't remember. I think it's the little bells that are standing next to him. Okay. Um, they also fight clock, Cloaker and Domino. Holy And hell. their pet snakes, Mad Adder and Earthlink. Lots of bosses A lot for of fighting here. Seven. Uh, when they are dispatched, Mario fights the clerk, oh, manager, I feel like you're just making this stuff up. <laughs> and you're finally the factory chief. Oh, my God. We're near the end. After I feel like you're doing of, the Nintendo thing of just drawing this out as long as possible. After all these enemies are beaten, you reach the final boss, Smithy, at the basement of the factory. Okay. When Smithy is defeated, he strikes his hammer, and Smithy and the gang fall to the dark area below the factory. There he takes on his final form. With his hammer, he can change his head into five forms, normal, tank, magic, mask, and treasure. When Smithy is finally defeated, all seven pieces are restored, Exor dissolves into thin air, and the game is over. Thank God. Here you learn the fate of each character according to their star. Malo. Yeah. Went back to Nimbus land. Bad boy is crowned prince, finally. Mm. Bowser repairs his keep. Mm -hmm. Jonathan Jones. He reflects on his battle with Yardovic, looking out into the ocean, going, 
I remember that battle, and I did really well, and I'm glad that I saved those guys. Mm-hmm. Croco races the Mushroom Derby against Yoshi. Who gives a shit about Croco? Uh, Frog Fucius and his student attend a concert. Hey, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, Valentino and Booster get married, so that's pretty nice. Two villains finally finding love. They wanted, like, uh, Booster wanted to get married to Toadstool. Didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, uh, Valentino was trying to marry Dodo in order to be queen. Didn't happen. Uh, but so they're, they're second best. Together, yeah. yeah. And Mario and the princess return to the Mushroom Kingdom, and they thank for the player for playing through such an excellent well, game. That's nice. Uh, at the end of the game, there is a parade with every character in it, and this is cruel because the parade is led by Luigi, and this is the first time that you see him. He, they couldn't have Luigi couldn't have had any appearance in the game other than being the head parade guy. Why wasn't Luigi a member of the gang at all? I, sounds to me like Luigi got. Got away with something here. Like, it sounds like a great deal for me. He doesn't have to do any of the fighting, and he gets to lead the parade. That's that's good for Luigi. That is the story of Super Mario RPG. I, guess I told you I was going to go though. through it. I told you I was going to go through it in detail. You did. And, and you did. There, Exhausting detail. Not only is there an excellent story campaign that you can spend, I think, 20 to 30 hours in, but there's all these yeah. awesome side quests that are in it, too. Um, there's a whole Yoster aisle where you can do these awesome Yoshi races mm-hmm. where I think it's like button press and yep. you can actually win these Yoshi races. You jump on a, a Yoshi, a different colored Yoshi. You have the awesome races. Uh, you can, you can, uh, there's a side mission where you meet this, I think it's Raz or Yaz or whatever that kid's name was. He's got like a Game Boy and you can unlock a game on it, which is called Beetle Mania, which is some kind of like, it's some kind of like simple video game mm-hmm. but it's it looks like super mario world uh you can go to crate guys casino which is literally there's it's a like a little casino where you can go there and you can gamble i, I can't remember the games that are there and then one of the best things that i remember from this game is in perfect final fantasy squaresoft fashion there is a totally optional boss called Qlex, and he's in monstro town and I didn't find Q-Lex when I was a kid, but when I was in high school and I played this game again, and I, I think I had a guide or I was looking on the internet, and I found the dude, and it's a really – it's like a Final Fantasy boss where I remember fighting this boss for like 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when you beat Q-Lex, you get like a pendant that gives you like – it makes it, – it's like a very good piece of armor. But Seems I mean, well worth the investment of the 45 minutes. Oh, yeah. Well, that's that's the way that a lot of those Squaresoft games were. I mean, especially Final Fantasy VII. If you, if you play that game, there are bosses that are hidden in that game that can take 45 minutes to an hour, um, and you do it just for the loot. But that's Super Mario RPG. Um, like I said, this is somewhere in my in my top 10 RPG games. This is probably my favorite Super Nintendo game of all time. Um, In terms of my favorite games of all time, maybe it's somewhere in my top 20. Mm -hmm. Uh, The game is a 10 out of 10. I I don't don't have anything. Might that be the first 10 out of 10? I don't have anything that I can fault it. I don't think I have anything that I can fault against it. The graphics are awesome. The presentation is awesome. The story is great. The characters are great. The battling is great. There's all these killer mini games. Um, there's all these killer side quests and for it, uh, it's it, funny too. It's, just, it's, 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 there's yeah, the dialogue it's funny. is funny. There's lots of fun puns and it's, it's fun. It's a nice little adventure. It's the last Mario game on the super Nintendo and it's pretty much the final swan 
song of the Super Nintendo. So, like I said, four months later, N64 would come out, and there would still be N64 or Super Nintendo games that would come out. But, like I said, this game just hits so many. And for it being my introduction to RPG, which I would grow to love, I mean, this I played this game before I played any Zeldas. You know, it was my introduction to these turn-based battles. It was my mm-hmm. introduction to these... There's not random fights in this because you actually can just run into enemies and fight them, but it is, it's just my introduction to that type of a game, mm-hmm. and it's one of my absolute favorites. 10 that, out of 10. 10 out of 10. That's Super Mario RPG. Sorry for telling the whole story. It's okay. Be right back. Tony? Yeah? What's one of your number one pet peeves? Uh, besides doing this show? No, you love doing this show. That's right here, right now. Um, pet peeves. Um, your dog is a pet peeve. No, he's it's a, a good, pet, he's and a it pet. peeves me off. Yes. Your other dog also a pet peeve. Yes. Um, Let me set the scene for you. Okay. I'm gonna set the scene for you two times. Set it. You're at the zoo all day. Been there. It's not even 11 a.m. and you already have a vicious case of swamp ass. Mm. What on earth are you going to do? You you got to say to your family, hey, mm-hmm. I, I know that I just went to the bathroom 20 minutes ago, but I got to go back right now. You have to go into. Daddy, why? Daddy, why? Well, Papa is, there's this vicious kind of storm brewing downstairs. Daddy, I'm scared of storms. And I got to go fix it. So you, what do you do? You saunter into the stall. A sachet. And you just. Pool toilet paper. Drop trowel. Everybody's like, that guy's not even pooping. He's just wiping. Yeah, he's still standing. What's going on? That's not how things work. Mm -hmm. We have an invention for this. The good people at Moral Pications has a product for you. It's called Dry Fudgies. Now, Mm. what Dry Fudgies are, it's another pair of underwear. It's a terrible name, by the way, but tell me more. They're men's briefs made Mm. entirely out of Space Age Kevlar. They're made entirely out of silica gel packets. Do you know what those are? Yeah, like the little tiny things that come in the uh, boxes of uh, clothes and stuff. Sometimes it comes in shoes. Yeah. Most of the time it comes in beef jerky. And what it does is it sucks up all of the moisture Mm -hmm. that is around. So this is going to be around your whole business. Mm -hmm. It's going to be cleaning up your back business. It's Uh going to be sopping up the front business. It is a dehumidifier for your whole setup. It's comfortable. Um, it looks great. Mm-hmm. Machine washable. Mm-hmm. Uh, comes in a variety of colors and sizes. It's mm-hmm. fashionable. Once again, it's nine ninety nine a pair. They did it again. It's a hundred dollars for a baker's dozen. Those bastards your, did it again. Your Johnson is gonna mm. be dry. Mm. Your backside, none of it is gonna be clouded up with gunk and Ugh. and mud butt ah. and and liquid and it's just the swamp butt is going to be gone. Ooh, it's going to be like so an arid desert back there. The, the underwear is also 100% recyclable. Mm. So when you've worn them out, you can send the underwear back to Moral Implications mm-hmm. and as a special thank you, we will send you a free package of Moral Implications beef jerky just on us. You can get flavors like original, spicy, Teriyaki, mm-hmm. peppered, mm-hmm. garlic, mm-hmm. habanero, Mustang Ranch, tasty beef jerky. Just With a silica cent- packet? Um, well, it, it is made from uh, – we, we recycled the silica packet from the underwear that you sent in. but uh-huh. um, there So will I get be a, mud, a mud butt silica packet in my beef jerky is what you're telling me? Well, it's it, that doesn't matter. I mean it's those silica packets are only for absorbing moisture. They don't – 
they don't suck in scent they don't suck in dna they're just sucking in moisture so yeah it's the exact same silica gel packets that were and but they're going to come back to you this the same silica gel undies you're going to send back to them and you're so gonna it's get my swamp ass jer- jerky yes original spicy teriyaki peppered garlic habanero mustang ranch swamp ass jerky mm. delicious the undies are 9.99 uh, 100 bucks for a baker's dozen. They did and it again. And you are going to have dry – you're just going to have a dry setup. I, I mean, you, I'm sold. You can wear them together. You can wear dry fudgies. I'm not going to eat the beef jerky, but I will wear that underwear. What's wrong with the beef jerky? Uh, it's delicious. Have you had it? I I'm, ate, I'm I afraid like that they're going to send me a silica packet from your undies, and that's why I'm not going to eat the beef jerky. That's a fair worry to have, Thank Tony. You. But I'm sure there'll be good people at Moral Implications are going to straighten all that out. You can have a dry setup. Mm-hmm. You can have a boner that is under control. Mm-hmm. You just got to wear the boxers both at the same time. I was just thinking, if you can combine the silica and the Space Age Kevlar underwear together, you are cooking with gas. Dry fudgies, order them right now online. Nine ninety nine for one pair. Do and yourselves a favor, 100 folks. 100 bucks for a baker's dozen. Mm. Get them now. Mm. Hello and welcome back to Afternoon Yap. Um, want to close the episode tonight with a review of Injustice 2. Woo! Uh, Injustice 2 is developed by NetherRealm, the good people behind the Mortal Kombat franchise, and it's published by Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment. NetherRealm uh, would have been a great name for the uh, silicone underwear product by Moral Implications. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Uh, so it's four years after the events of the first game, and this time the heroes and villains are working together to take down a new threat, Brainiac. So I I played a bunch of Injustice 1. Uh, my initial thoughts of Injustice 1 are it's pretty slow. Um, the things that I really liked about it were like – so there aren't fatalities in this. This is obviously the good b- people that do Mortal Kombat, but there are those there are those like superpower moves that you can do as you build up your meter, and everyone has a unique one of those. Um, but the first Injustice one, it just did not grab me. I don't know what it was about it. I don't know if it was a, an inferior Mortal Kombat. I don't know if it was because it was slower. It, it it it's definitely uglier because it's it was on the old hardware. It would re, it would later get a remastered edition on PlayStation Four and Xbox One, uh, and that's where I would play it. But it still kind of looked like um, like old gen graphics. Just the character models weren't all that great. The backgrounds weren't all that great. But and it was stiff. I mean, I feel like I can still see that game in my head. And I just, I like you, was not into it. The fighting felt so stiff, like everybody had a metal rod shoved up their butt. Um, it, had, it had a good framework. Like, I like the idea of these DC characters fighting each other. I like the idea of a darker DC story, but... When it came down to it, like the fighting wasn't all that fun. I remember yeah. I played it for maybe a week or so, and I kind of just gave up because something just didn't click. I, yeah. I don't know what it was. It, it, like I said, it felt slower. Yeah. It didn't feel heavier. It just felt slower. Yeah. Um, and I only stuck to a couple of the mainstay characters I would always play as just either Batman or the Joker or yeah. whatnot. Um, so f- uh, flash forward to now. And uh, oh boy! This new one just came out. Um, 
What do you think about it? It was freaking fun, man. I I really enjoyed the hell out of the half an hour or 45 minutes that we were just playing that. It was so fun. It's faster. It's it does not feel stiff like the first one not does. At all. Super fluid, super fast, great character animations, uh brutal moves. It's extremely fun. What do you think about their interpretations of these DC characters that you know and love? Uh, I think that they all look and feel awesome. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I love to criticize things. Yeah. So do you. Yeah. So does everybody. Very hard to find anything to criticize, I thought, about this game. Well, you know what I love about this game right off the bat? Right off the bat is ton of content i mean right off the bat there are 28 characters and i think that they have uh nine more planned i think uh the first dlc drop is um i know sub-zero is part of it but i think they're going to do three characters sub-zero 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 for mortal kombat Kombat, yeah and i think that they're going to have nine more additional characters but the 28 characters off the bat feel awesome yeah Uh, so um some interesting choices but some but i think that's fun uh, aquaman I mean, he, he's he got to be in there, right? It's part of the new revamped DC universe. So that's not too surprising to me. But there was some folks in there that were a little bit more surprising, like uh, Captain Cold, um, Atro- Atrocious, or however. Atrocitus. Atrocitus, the, Bane, red, Bane, the Red Lantern. Bane was pretty awesome. He looked pretty cool. Yeah. Batman was his mainstay. Yeah. He, he had that excellent, uh, whatever his superpower move is, where it's totally from 1989 Batman, where he throws you up into the sky. He does that awesome bat wing or whatever it's called, yeah. into the moon, drops you down, shoots you onto the ground. Yeah, so there's that fighting meter that builds up, and once it builds up enough, you can unleash your essentially your super move. Mm-hmm. And all of the super moves that we saw were just so fun. Yeah. Brutal and fun and just a fitting with the character in a great way. Super cool. And a complaint that I've seen is that you're going to see those a whole lot, but they're only about maybe seven or eight seconds and they're really really good they're really nice pieces of eye candy like i was not getting sick of them whatsoever Mm -mm. uh batman black adam black canary Mm -hmm. uh we saw blue beetle he was pretty awesome Mm -hmm. uh we didn't get a chance to see brainiac i think he becomes an unlockable character whenever you beat the game yeah him and red hood look to be unlockable right captain cold was pretty good catwoman was good Cheetah, I don't know. Cy- I liked her. She was okay. I yeah, she was fun. Cyborg, Dark Seed, Deadshot was awesome. Doctor Fate, I we, we did Doctor Fate, the gold helmet, magical guy, kind of hovering off the ground, kind of not my favorite. Firestorm that was the first one that I did. Flash, I was I did really well with. You I did think really that, well I with that, Flash and Superwoman. Yeah, I think I thought Flash was kind of a bloodbath. Uh, uh, gorilla Grodd, which was a huge gorilla. Telepathic gorilla. Uh, there's Green Arrow, Green mm-hmm. Lantern. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn was awesome. She's got a great special mm-hmm. where, what was her move? Oh, she, she unleashes her, like, hyenas. dogs on you. Oh, her hyenas at yeah. you. And then whenever she wins, she just like throws like a, a, a big set of dynamite at you. Yeah. Uh, Joker, I did not like, which I'm really upset about. I didn't. I didn't see – he seemed like a big melee player, but but maybe that's just because I was, like, mashing buttons and it was – I only played with him a couple of times. But I was not playing well with him, and it left a bad taste in my mouth. And he just he, – I don't like the look of the Joker in this game. Yeah, I don't like the look of him either. I, the, the, the guys that I did not do – I mean, I you kicked my butt pretty much in every, in every fight. But uh, like the look of Swamp Thing, but – he, I could not figure out anything to do with him. Yeah. Um, who else did I really suck at? 
There's Poison Ivy. Uh, she was okay. I she thought. was good. Uh, There's Red Hood. Uh, there was Robin her. was in there. Robin was cool. Scarecrow is awesome. Scarecrow's I had to good. come back to him. He he looks cool. Like I love his design. He's got a different mask than the uh, the mask from the bat or from the uh, whatever the most recent Batman yep. series was. He looked really cool. He definitely has that. He's uh, got a sickle on a chain that that you can just. Uh, melee people with yeah, from a pretty and, and good he distance. had some range on him too. Yeah, it's fast. Uh, Starfire, um, Supergirl was awesome. She's real quick. Yeah. Uh, there was Superman, who was kind of just a little bit like Supergirl, Swamp Thing, and Wonder Woman. Um, but the game is just—it feels better than Injustice oh, One. Yeah. And the big thing that is really interesting about this game is, I guess Ed Boon, he he had saw the way that. Uh, you know, there's that carrot on a stick whenever you're playing Call of Duty games, how there's constantly things that you can unlock. Mm-hmm. There's constantly new weapons that you can get, new new, new loot. And so this game is, like, very, very loot-heavy. So as you go through the campaign, um, you unlock different pieces of armor for all of the different characters. And some of the armor has, like, it'll say, like, level 5 or level 10. So you can't even use it until you level up that character up until that level just that's a super deep system for a fighting game yeah and And we didn't even touch it and we were still having a great time we didn't even have a i mean i think i think what it all boils down to is this game very much reminds me of the way that i felt when mortal Kombat came out is it is so fun when somebody else is there with you i mean me and you just fired it up and all we were doing was choosing different characters and we were mashing buttons and we weren't i mean we were trying to beat each other and we were you know no hold barred but just a lot of fun like fast it just it feels so much better than the first one and i just had this huge smile on my face which i didn't have for the first one so Mm -hmm. um the the game is the game is packed tons with content. So it's got a, a campaign. I think the campaign is probably I would assume that it's probably everywhere between eight to ten hours. And it does that thing where it's going to introduce every single one of the characters, and you're going to have these like seamless uh, fights in between. You'll see a cutscene where they're talking about the story, and then you will take that character, and he'll be like, "Oh, I just ran into uh, Catwoman. Catwoman said something bad about me. Let's fight That's Catwoman." Right. And like, it, but their Nether Realm are kind of they did this first with Mortal Kombat 9 when it came out uh, seven years ago and they did an excellent job of it and they kind of set the standard for making a campaign in a video game uh, Street Fighter 5 would later set the bar as low as you possibly could by trying <laughs> to emulate that um, but I'm very excited to play through the campaign of this story because I, I like the way that this one is going. I think that the first one was very, very serious mm. where this one is taking a, it, it's, it's not as serious as the first one is. This one is more like, like everybody was fighting each other in the first one. This is more of their kind of joining up together to beat this brainiac fellow. Yeah. Um, brainiac. There's nerd. obviously the online community, which I mean, I'll try to play it online, but I, I'm just all I want to do is invite you back so Aww. I can win Thanks, eight Bob. out of ten matches minimum, yeah. Depending on what character I'm playing with, yeah. Uh, there's an arcade mode, and then it introduces a new multiverse mode, which is very much um, I can't remember what the mode was from uh, Mortal Kombat X, 
but it, it, I think it's called the towers mode or something like that. But the multiverse mode is it, it throws you into you can fight against other characters that have a series of uh, modifiers. So it'll say like, oh, look, both of you guys have half of your health. You know, go at it. Oh, look at you guys can only use punches. Go at it. So there's just tons and tons of content. But I mean, I think it all boils down to the fighting and me and you played for a good hour there playing through every single character. And I left with a huge smile on my face, especially with all of the content that is that is in there. I mean, there's a ton of stages. There's 12 different stages. Mm -hmm. There's destructible environments. Yeah, destructible environments. So we saw Arkham Asylum. We saw Atlantis. We saw the Batcave. Uh, Brainiac ship, uh, the Fortress of Solitude, where you told me that the Fortress of Solitude is that's where old Superman goes whenever he's like, listen, I've had enough. Like my boss was on me all week. Takes off the Kevlar underwear. Take, takes off the Kevlar underwear. I'm going to go hang out at the Fortress of Solitude. Uh, wink, Gorilla wink. City, Gotham City, the Joker's Playground, Kondok, Metropolis, Red Sun Prison. And my favorite, my favorite stage that I saw in the game was the Slaughter Swamp. Yeah, I would like to point out that this game is absolutely gorgeous, which I cannot believe that they pulled off because Mortal Kombat X looked really, really good. But just this game, even on my 1080p screen, like I am dying to see this on a 4K screen because it just the lighting in a lot of those stages looks so great. And like you said, it's just like Injustice 1 where you can be fighting and you can get. There's a second part to the stage, and you go into a completely different area. You know, there's interactive items that you can use in the stage that, just like in Mortal Kombat you X, were where throwing you, people at where me. You're, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can pick up people. You can pick up anything. You can jump off of stuff. But like I said, it all boils down to the fighting, and I just thought that that is a damn fine fighting game, and I am really happy that I picked it up. Yeah, it was so fun. It was so fun. Um, for at the moment, I mean, it's unfair for me to give a score, but it's an eight out of ten for me. I oh, mean, minimum in terms of all the content that there is, you know, to the to the to, to how the characters look in terms of the DC universe, how fun the fighting is. Um, it's I've never had that much fun getting my ass kicked. Yeah, and and we we have to play it again. Yeah, that's fun. So eight out of ten. That is uh, Injustice Two, um, and we'll be right back. Hello and welcome back to Afternoon Yap. So uh, Tony, I want to close the episode with some mm-hmm. corrections. Okay. So here's my problem. I talk a lot. Yep. And I talk a lot out of my butt. Mm-hmm. So a lot Literally. of the times, I don't mean to say stuff. A matter of factly, as I do, I don't mean to say, hey, this game was totally developed in Germany in 1975 mm-hmm. by this guy named Thomas the Third. Mm-hmm. But I do that all the time. And mm-hmm. I don't say I think or maybe that's what's up. Just or maybe state that's it as a fact. Yeah, I am just like that is what's happening. And like if you've got a problem with it. Mm-hmm. Send me an email and I'll print it out and yeah. I'll cram it right and up your ba- right back up your butt. So I want to have another correction segment okay. right now just to kind of clear the air from mm-hmm. the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of things that were wrong in the last episode that I said matter of factly. Yeah, you know my bad. I'm sorry. So number one, uh, Ubisoft's CEO's name is pronounced Eves. Not Yves. Now, come on. That's that's on me. I mean, you should have corrected me at this point. You're well, a smart guy. I kind of feel like that's on him for spelling his name, Yves. Y V E S. I just figured the guy's name was Yves. Let me tell you something. In America, in America, it's Yves. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so the dude's name is 
Eves. Eves. It's not Yves. And I said that Ubisoft and himself were Swedish because the guy, remember I said the guy, he's... I, you even did a song. Yeah. I'm so happy because my name is Eves Caremont and I'm the Ubisoft of... I'm the CEO of Ubisoft and I'm so happy. No, the guy is not Swedish. No. The whole company is basically French. My bad. Mm. My bad. Dirty French. I see the way you're looking at me just like... I liked him more when I thought he was Swedish. But you count on me that to know these things. Not really. And I, and I come to you. Yeah. And I'm just full of baloney. Yeah, that's okay. I don't care. Number two. Yeah. Cuphead has never been released. Mm. And it's been in development for four years now. Wow. Could have fooled me. Because yeah. we have seen it at the last uh, three or four E3s now. And I just figured at some point that it came out. So I I am pretty sure I am pretty sure that it is a Microsoft exclusive. This is the game that I said that that looks like a 1940s cartoon. It looks amazing, but it's an indie game, which has me really puzzled because this game should have probably come out two years ago. Unless it's going to be this like long 20-hour campaign for an indie game, which doesn't make any sense. But it has not been released on PC. It has not been released on PS4. It has not been released on Xbox. It's thank not out for, yet. Thank you for clearing that one up. I feel bad about that. I though. was losing sleep about that one. I feel bad about that. Yeah. Jughead. Cuphead. The A team for BioWare is working on Anthem, not the B team. Remember Anthem, the game that we talked about, the new uh, BioWare yeah. IP that they're coming out with? Yeah. The B team is the team that worked on Mass Effect Andromeda. Well, I mean, Aha! go figure. I mean, go figure. And the why truth would they, comes out. Why, why would they take their biggest flagship series and give it to the Jokers on the B team? I do think that there's – I'm pretty sure that a new Dragon Age is in development, which don't don't mess up that. Mm. You can mess up. You can mess up Mass Effect. I don't. I don't care about that series whatsoever. Okay. But after the last Dragon Age, which was absolutely excellent, please yep. don't mess up that series. And I okay. say that only playing one out of like the four that's been out. So a, tr- a true fan. True fan. <laughs> um, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is actually one versus one hundred battle royale. I don't know what I said. I think maybe I, I said one. Listen, in all v- the excitement 50, of being there live i think it's reasonable to make some mistakes well it was wheels off i mean we're at e3 looking around the beautiful la convention center there's noise there's lights there's crowds there's cameras here no one is going to you know be upset at you for getting a couple little details wrong i'm walking down the showroom floor and they're like here take this t-shirt here take this backpack take take my wife stickers here just place these boobs in your hand and i'm like i can't, I can't do can't, this I, just, yeah. I can't okay just for five minutes five, I, I can't five do this minutes, right i guess now. five seconds but five I, minutes, I can't okay. okay all right are you happy okay i'll sign them yes. okay okay a picture with both them. of them fine okay, but between my face okay that's fine right it was exciting it was an exciting time to be there for them yeah that, that they were super excited about that part player unknowns battlegrounds is one versus 100 battle Roy- battle royale and they do have team modes of 2v2 and 4v4 and last but not least, um, I feel really bad about this one. I Hit actually me. own a medium-sized hog um, that I have raised since birth. Um, I do not own a giant-sized hog, as I had claimed, because they're much harder to come by. I do apologize for that error in judgment. That's my, that's my, that's my bad, Tony. Yeah, th- I don't even know what you're talking about, but okay. The, the, the size of my hog. It is not giant. It is actually medium. A normal-sized hog. Yes. Well, I want to again apologize for 
frame job. Yeah, that's okay. You're a good yeah. friend. Um, so that's it for episode 32. Man, what a great whoa, episode. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait. What? What about the new segment? What's the new segment? You know the new segment. Is it what's yappening? What's yappening? What's yappening? Where we where we take uh, fan emails, we read them on the air, and answer any questions that the fan base has about us, about the show, about our lives, about video games, whatever they want to know. It's going to be corrections. It's going to be, do you think they should make a new Contra? And it's going to be, maybe you guys should just quit. Well, we don't quit, know what it's going to be. Quit while you're ahead. Listen, we haven't opened up that inbox in a couple of weeks. I don't have the email, bud. Well, I got it right here. You have the email. I'm going to open it up, and I think, listen, we don't, obviously we can't go through all of the emails right now, but I'm going to open it up, and we'll just agree to read the first one in the inbox, the newest <laughs> one. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Entering password. Now, listen, many, we have many, to answer no whatever. Whammies, no whammies, whatever they no send whammies, us, we got to answer no it. We got to answer it no matter. No whammies, all right, here we go. Oh, and nothing. There's no emails. Well, better luck next week. All right. Uh, so that's it for afternoon yap. Uh, if you want to email us, please email us. I mean, we just – that was heartbreaking as much as it could be. It hurt a little bit. Email us at afternoonyap at gmail.com. Uh, episode suggestions, questions. Um, but you, you must start the email with what's yappening. Or what's crappening. Or crappening. Or, or some variation. Or what's happening. Yeah. Uh, follow us on Twitter at, at afternoon underscore yap. Um, and that's it for the episode. Tony, one last question before we go. Yeah. Dude, what's your deal? What's your deal? Uh, so that's it for episode 32. See you next week, bud. See ya. All right.